good, so, so good. Praise God. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in this morning. So beautiful. I love worship. We could, if I had it my way, we'd just sing like eight songs and leave, you know what I'm saying? But uh, we do have to need the preaching and teaching of the word. So hey, good morning again. Welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have you guys joining us both here in person and our friends and family online. Hello as well. Uh, We are wrapping up our Seeds series this morning. We've been in this series for the last four weeks. This is week five. And uh, man, We've been on this journey together the last month or so uh, to literally look at this principle of sowing and reaping in the word. And so our core scripture this entire series has been found in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. I want to read that real quick. Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen? And so this principle of sowing and reaping, if, if in case you guys missed uh, any message in this series or uh, you're just joining us kind of midstream, just a quick recap on where we've been the last four weeks. It's been quite a journey. Week one was everyone is planting something, amen? We're all planting something. And we looked at how the reality is this law of sowing and reaping is working in our lives, whether we realize it or not, or whether we like it or not, for the good or for the bad, right? Sowing and reaping is a principle that's still at work today. And how we're all planting something, the, the media choices we listen to, the, the, the words we speak, all of those are seeds and we're planting something in our life and we will reap a harvest on those things. And so we need to be careful and realize that, hey, we also need to keep sowing. Just not stop sowing good stuff because we will reap a harvest if we don't quit. Week two was the seed that we read. Amen. How many of you guys know that the word of God, the Bible, God's spirit-infused word is a seed. Amen. And we looked at that our heart is actually in the parable of the sower uh, parallel to the condition of our heart is the soil of our heart. Right. And, and we want to make sure that we get all the weeds out and the rocks out and so that it's good soil so that that seed can go down and plant into to that, right? And the fruit of our lives and the fruit of the word of God in our lives would be directly correlated to the condition of our heart or our soil. Week three was seedlings. It was Mother's Day. As we looked in scripture, Erica did a phenomenal job studying out that the word seed is used most in scripture referring to children, right? That our children are little seedlings and we need to cultivate, protect, and stake and, and protect those seedlings and help them grow up because it will produce a fruit in a harvest in this generation, And then last week, week four, was the seed that God sowed. And we looked at the parable of the wheat and the tares, and we saw that, hey, we, you and I, are God's seed that he's sown into the world, which is the field, amen? And so we got to be careful to watch out and not let those weeds grow up with us and knowing that, hey, there is an end. The the farmer is coming back. There is an eternal destination for all of our souls, and so we need to not play games with God. We need to get on the right side of that decision, and we need to be ready for when he's coming back for his harvest, amen? And so that's where we've been the last four weeks, and can I just pause just for a minute and give some honor where honor is due? Pastor Erica Giso has carried the last month of the teaching load and has done an absolutely phenomenal job, has she not? If you've been blessed by her teaching, if you've grown in your faith, if you're fired up about God, my goodness, honey, thank you so much for cooking up an amazing series. You are such an amazing pastor. You lead and you feed with such grace and with such beauty, but such strength. And we are all better because of the teaching of the word. Can we give one more round of applause and appreciation for Pastor Erica? We love you. Thank you so much. It was also nice to have a break. So here I am. 
Watch out. And so I'm honored and privileged to uh, share with you guys this morning uh, to kind of bring this series home. And, and the word that God has placed on my heart this morning is simply this, work that seed. Somebody say, work that seed. Say it again, say, work that seed. We're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to explore how God has all given us seed and that we're called to work that seed to produce a fruit and harvest in our lives and for the kingdom. But before we jump into God's word, let's pray and open up our hearts and make sure the soil is ready and ripe for the seed to go in. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your presence here with us. Holy Spirit, we ask you now to come. Speak, move, correct, exhort, challenge, encourage, Lord. Whatever we have need of, Lord, we know that you already know that. And you're already going to deliver that. And so, Father, may the soil of our heart, the condition of our heart be fertile and ready for that word and that seed to go in, Lord. And we pray for a fruit and a harvest that remains. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. So today, our text, we're, we're really going to, we're going to camp out in a parable. We're going to go over to Matthew chapter 25 and look at the parable of the talents. Some of you guys might be familiar with this. In case you're not, no worries. We're going to read through this whole thing in just a second. But, but let me give you a little bit of context of what's going on here in Matthew 25 when it comes to the parable of the talents. So, so this is right near the end of the gospel of Matthew. So like a couple chapters after this, Jesus goes to the cross. He's crucified. He raises three days later, and he goes and he sends to heaven, right? So this is right before Jesus is about to go to heaven and to die, right? And so he's preparing his believers, he's preparing his followers for his le leaving and his coming back. He's doing a lot of teaching on his second coming. Like, yo, I'm about to leave and do all these things that was prophesied about me, but I'm also, remember, going to come back. And so you need to be prepared, right? He's teaching them about this, and he's, he's saying, hey, I'm coming back for a bride. And the bride of Christ is us. It's the church, right? It's believers. And he's encouraging them, hey, while I'm gone... Before I come back, work what I gave you. Manage and steward well the resources, the talents, the gifts that I'm about to pour out on your life so that when I return, because you're gonna all going to have to give an account for this and how you did this and how you worked it or didn't work it. And so uh, that's kind of the context. I, I thought it would be important for us to have that before we dive in. But let's take a look at the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. It's going to be verses 14 through 30. So I'll read through the whole thing. And then we'll lean into what I believe the Lord wants us to pull out of this today. Starting in verse 14 in Matthew chapter 25, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had two gained two more also. But he who had received the one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, had, he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Right? He who also had received the two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me the two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said, him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. 
and I was afraid, so I went and hid your talent in the ground. And look, here it is. You have what's yours, right? And then he said, um, but his Lord answered him and said, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. To everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. For with him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow. So there, there's a lot going on in here, right? So we got, we got uh, a master who says, here, take these talents. One gets five, one gets two, one gets one. I'm leaving, but I will come back again, right? And I think it's important for us to see the spiritual parallels to this in case you're not catching this. The master or the Lord in this parable is referring to Christ Jesus. This is Jesus, all right? And the servants are us as believers, right? They're believers in this thing. And, and Jesus kind of makes this connection that just like Jesus gave us, his believers, his followers, gifts, talents, resources, went away, but is now going to come back again. He has not come back again yet, right? We have not seen Jesus' second coming yet but it is coming, we are all going to have to give an account to what's going on in our lives and what we've done. And so I think it's important to realize the, the, the allegory here, but also let's talk about talents for a second. The word talent here in scripture refers to a unit of measurement often to weigh out silver or gold. So uh, this parable is also found in Matthew, or I'm sorry, Luke 19, if you just want to do a parallel search, and they call it a mina, which is a standard weight among the Hebrews, right? And so in our modern times, when we talk about the word talent, we talk about gifts and talent, like, you're so talented. Wow, he's really talented at music, or he's really talented at building things, right? Like, we talk about talents in that way, right? Uh, but the master, in this parable, he entrusted his wealth and his resources to these servants. So a lot of times, people are like, this, this is only about money. This is only about money. Here's a newsflash. This is more than money. Money is a part of this principle that we're going to learn today, but this parable applies to all areas of our life when it comes to stewardship and using the gifts and talents that God has for it. And so as we further study, I believe you're going to see, yeah, stewarding money and being a faithful uh, 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 steward of the resources that God blesses you with is a part of this, but it isn't the end game, amen? There are so many other areas that God has gifted us, has called us to work what he has given us, so when he comes back, there's a harvest or return on his investment. Does that make sense? And so for the remainder of our time together, I want to uh, pull out three things from this parable. So if you're taking notes uh, today and this morning, number one is this. We have all been given gifts or seeds. We, you and I, we have all been given gifts or seeds. We see that in Matthew 25, 14 and 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, and check this out, delivered goods to them. Say, I got the goods. You do got the goods, right? And to one he gave five, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Jesus has planted gifts inside of each and every one of you. Another way to say that, Jesus has given each and every one of us seeds. We have a seed of potential. We have a gift or gifts inside of us. And whether we realize it or not, whether we've discovered it yet or not, doesn't change the fact that Jesus has given gifts to us and he's gonna be expecting a return uh, on his investment, right? This parable we just read, it's congruent with the story of Jesus. A master who gives gifts goes away and promises to come back again, right? 
And we see this, the story of Jesus, and Paul even speaks to this in Ephesians chapter 4 of what happened when Jesus ascended unto heaven and what happened on his way up to heaven. What did he do? What did he give his believers that would believe in him? So let's take a look at this. Ephesians 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave what? Gave what? One more time. He gave what? He gave gifts to men. So when he ascended to heaven, he gave gifts to men. We're still here. Jesus is still in heaven at the right hand of the Father. He has given us gifts. We have seeds on the inside of us, right? And so the first step of being fruitful is just knowing this principle that I have gifts, right? I have seeds. Some of us were like, I didn't even know that. And I know it can get hard. A side note, like, how do we discover those gifts? Maybe that, that's good, but I don't, I don't know how I'm gifted. Maybe you're asking those questions. Maybe you're like, yeah, you're gifted, or he's gifted, or she's gifted, but not me. No, he gave gifts unto men. We all have seeds that he's planted inside of us, right? So how do you discover your gifts? Just a little side note here. I've always found this helps. Get real close to the gift giver. Amen? Get real close and intimate with the one who gives the gifts, because by his spirit and by his word and by that relationship personally with Jesus, he will illuminate, he will highlight, he will just make it very plain how he has gifted you. The other cool thing that we do here at Alive, we do this seasonal, uh, this spring or this fall, just putting a plug for this, every September, we do Basics 201 Serving God class. And I love this class because it builds on the foundation of 101. And we do two assessments. We do a personality profile test in that uh, class, and we do a spiritual gifts assessment test. And so what this helps you do, it helps us undercover, God, how are we wired? How have you wired me? I'm, if I'm more of an encourager, am I greater at admin, right? Am I exhortation? Do I have gifts of healing? Like, uh, how, how has God wired me? Because we got to locate what seeds we have, amen? Because if I'm expecting corn and I plant carrots, guess what? I'm going to be very disappointed, right? You got to know what kind of seed you have been given so you can be a good steward of that seed. Everyone say, I have gifts. Amen. So that's the first thing. We just got to start there, the baseline. Number two here, as we go further into this parable, I believe the Lord challenges us in a healthy way. Number two, we have a responsibility to work the gifts or the seeds that we've been given. You and I have a responsibility to work those seeds that God has given us. Amen. Someone turn to your neighbor and say, work that seed. Turn to the, your second choice and say, I'm working it. <laughs> Man, I'm working it. All right, get off my back. Matthew chapter 25, verses 16 through 18. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But the one who received the one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. What happened here in this story and in this parable? Two out of the three believers or servants got it right. Two out of the three, right? 66.666%, right? Got it right. Two-thirds, right? What did they do? They worked the seed that they were given. They multiplied the resources that the Lord left to them, right? And, and, and one servant, bless his darling little heart, one servant didn't get it, right? He was fearful. He was afraid. He dug it in the ground and said, I'll just give him back what he got. At least I don't lose it all, right? And so he never worked the seed 
that he was given never worked the gift or the talent or the resources that he got. Now, trust me, I'm no gardener. My wife will tell you that. I'm on a crash course with her this summer uh, called Weeding 101. I've yet to really show up to my meetings yet, but uh, she'll tell you that. But this is a desire of her heart. And so I believe with all my faith and all my heart that I will get out there someday and I will pull some of those weeds and it will be glorious and it will be spiritual and it will be hot and it will be sticky, all right? So I am believing that, all right? I'm no gardener, but here's what I do know. I believe for a seed to reach its fullest potential, you're gonna have to work it. And what I mean by that, you're gonna have to prepare the right soil. You're gonna have to remove the weeds, right? And protect it from the rocks and the vines that wanna choke it. You're gonna have to water it. You might need to put some miracle grow on it, right? To really help it, and not just a little seedling, but you're gonna have to protect it even to grow thicker so that way when the winds come and the waves come and all that crazy stuff comes, it's strong enough to survive on its own. You gotta work that seed if you want the fruit or the harvest from that, right? And so if you just sit on it, though, like the one servant did, just sits on it and digs it and says, I hope this is good enough. We're going to learn here in, in the next point that Jesus calls that wicked and lazy. It's it pretty intense language in the Bible about what that is because, man, God has given gifts. He's given you seeds. He's put some stuff in you and upon you, and he's expecting us to do something with it, to partner with him, to use it for his kingdom, for his glory, to multiply it and not just sit on it and hope that it gets better, right? God wants us to further his kingdom. We're the ones here on earth. Kingdom come to earth. How does it happen? It happens through you and I, amen? Amen. God inhabits us. He comes to live inside of us and he gives us gifts and he says, use the gifts that I've given you. He's put seed in all of us. And I pray that you're just coming alive to that today, that that's a revelation that maybe sometimes is dormant in our life that, man, you are gifted and you are gifted and you are gifted and we're all gifted in some way. But if we don't know that we are and we don't know that we have to do something with that gift, then we're not going to produce the harvest and the fruit that Jesus is looking for when he comes back. Amen. So we got to line up to this, right? Side note, to help some of us out when it comes to like the comparison game or, oh my gosh, I'm not as gifted as him. Notice in that scripture, I don't have it for the screens, Jesus said, or the, servant, or the master said, to each according to his own ability, right? Gifts were given to each according to their own ability. What does that mean? That means God will never give you something more than you can handle. God has given you that gift on purpose for a purpose, Amen. He knows that what that gift is. He knows what that seed is capable of producing in your life. He knows how it works best. If he gave you one talent, he's not expecting you to produce a five-talent return. If you do, that's great, but that bar is not on you. He wants you to be faithful with what he's given you. If you've given you five talents, he's expecting a five-talent return. But I think sometimes what happens in our lives is we might maybe... I'm a one-talent person, and I'm not as good as the five-talent. He's not putting people on levels. He's giving gifts according to your ability, your faithfulness right now in your life. And he's saying, work that seed. Amen? Someone say, work that seed. Work that seed and just be faithful where you're at, and that's how you get more, and that's how you eventually will have five talents, and then 10 talents, and then 20 talents. But you got to start where God has planted you and put you. Amen? We just got to be faithful where we're at. Amen? Everybody say, work that seed. We're digging in dirt this morning. Come on. Man, there's so much we can pull out of this parable, but the last thing that I think it's really important to mention is number three. Our reward or harvest is directly related to what we do with our gifts or our seeds. All right, so our reward is directly 
related to what we do with our gifts. Or another way to say this, our harvest is directly related to what we do with our seeds. We see this in both Matthew, Matthew 25, verse 21 and 23. So the degree of how well we steward the seeds or the gifts God gives us determines the harvest, right? Two servants, the two ones that got well done, right? The two ones that actually worked it, that actually put it to practice. Check out the response of the servant, which is Jesus, to them. The Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Man, I love this response from the master. He says, well done. What does he call him? He calls him faithful. He says, enter into the joy of the Lord. What's happening there? They're fulfilled. When we use our God-given gifts and talents, it's fulfilling. It's not a burden. It's a blessing. Can I get an amen from that? We don't have to. We get to. Come on, somebody. Man, he purchased us with his own son's blood. On the third day, he rose again, and he's given us so much. He's given us so much, and he's just saying, hey, just work it. Work that seed. Keep working in that area. Stay faithful over here. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Keep working it, because if you work it, the harvest is coming. Amen? How many of you guys want to hear well done, good, and faithful? Amen? How many want to be called faithful? How many, hey, good, come on. We all are like, yes, at the end of my age, I want to, and God wants us to. It's part of his will. But the, 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 the part that I think forget is the in-between where we actually have to work the ground. We have to work that seed. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it's hard work, right? And just because it looks like hard work doesn't mean God's not in it. Come on, somebody. Oftentimes, the the potential for supernatural growth in your life looks a lot like work. Looks a lot like hard work. Looks a lot like, I don't want to do it. That's tough. That's going to be difficult. That's going to take time. I'm going to have to be steadfast. I'm going to have to keep showing up day after day, grinding at this thing, making the soil good, getting the seed right. But in the end, we all want the harvest, amen? We all want the hallelujah, glory, Lord, yeah, we're walking to the victory. But we need to do the work to get to that place. See, I think something that our generation needs to remember is we don't serve an Instagram God. All we see is people's highlight reel. I was broke, now I'm rich. (laughs) How'd that happen? A lot of hard work. A lot of sacrifice, right? I was down and depressed, now I'm blessed. Like, what happened in between? Work. Work that seed. We don't serve a microwave God. We serve a God of miracles, and he can change your life radically with one word in this instant right now. I believe that with all my heart. But there's a path of faithfulness and hard work and sowing and reaping that's going to need to happen to get to the area that God has called us because he's given us gifts according to each our measure. And so he's put the ball in our court. What happened to the one servant that dug it in the ground and said, just please, Lord, don't get mad at me when you come home. Remember what he heard? Matthew 25, verse 26. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Someone say, ouch. That one hurts. That one stings a little bit, doesn't it? My goodness, what happened? He didn't work that seed. He didn't steward the gift well. And the master in the Lord's eyes considered him wicked and lazy. I don't know anybody in this place and online today that would want to hear that on that last day. That's no one's goal. Yeah, I'm I'm just really shooting this year for wicked and lazy. I'm I'm in the lead right now. It's great. Just don't want to screw it up. No, like I don't don't know anybody that, that that's their heart's desire. That's their goal. 
think the greatest revelation that some of us as believers, maybe you've been a believer for a long time, is realizing that Jesus expects a harvest. Like, Jesus expects fruit in our lives. Like, he's a smart investor. God doesn't waste anything, including gifts and talents. So what does that mean? Jesus, for the business world, Jesus is looking for an ROI. Somebody's like, what is ROI? Return on investment. He's looking for a return on his investment. And he's not putting an unfair, he's giving you what to each measure. You're able with his help, his grace, his grace is sufficient for you, amen? He will help you work that ground. The cool thing is he didn't say do it, and I'm, I'm mad if you don't. He's gonna help you. That's the cool thing about our God. He's not this far distant, strict God. He actually helps us in the process. He's given us his Holy Spirit, the helper, that lives on the inside of us and fills us and empowers us to be a greater witness in this world. And he said, I'm gonna give you what you need to work this, but you gotta get it in your head that I gotta do some work. There's a partnership here, amen? When we get that settled in our hearts, that's when harvest and fruit can really start happening in our lives, right? He is the Lord of the harvest, right? In Luke chapter 10, verse two, he told them, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Our Lord, our God, our Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. My Bible does not read he's the Lord of the nothing. He's definitely not Lord of the rings. That's Frodo Baggins, all right? He's the Lord of the harvest. And so he's expecting our reward, our harvest is directly related to what we do with the seeds or the gifts God has given to us. Luke chapter 12, verse 48 says, for to everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. If we've been given much, there's an expectation on that, amen? I'm looking at a room here. Yeah, we all got our issues. We all got our flaws. We all got our junk, our baggage. But man, we've been given so much. We have been given so much by God who desperately loves us, recklessly loves us. And, and, And he wants a return because he's going to return. And when he returns, we wanna be ready. We wanna be equipped. We want to have worked the seed that he's put in our lap. And so the other good news is what happens if you're not happy with the harvest that's going on in your life right now? Well, according to time right now, the second coming has not happened yet, amen? So there's still time to work that seed. If you're not happy with the level of harvest in any area of your life, that means you've got to see the potential that just needs to be worked a little bit more. Just another day of faithfulness, just another prayer, just another standing in the gap, just another saying, I'm not going to do that, but the world says, I'm going to go over here. Come on, we can still work the seeds that God has given us today, church. Come on, we can still be all that God has created us to be today. Today's a new day. His mercies are new today. Whatever happened yesterday, it's over. Today is a new day. Are you working that seed? Somebody say, work that seed. Come on now. So let's just recap. What have we talked about this morning? Number one, we've all been given gifts or seeds. Say, I've got gifts. You do. You have seeds. Number two, we all have a responsibility to work the gifts or the seeds that God has given us. In case you needed that refresher, the ball is in your court. God say, make a play. He's still on your team and he's there if you need a pass. If If you get in a jam, He's always open. Even the horrible pass you throw, like, what the heck? Like, he can catch it. Like, he'll fly up there, he'll get it. Like, it'll never go out of bounds on him. He'll catch it. He's capable. Amen? 
And number three, our reward, our harvest is directly related to what we do with our gifts or our seeds. And so, man, God has rewards. He has harvest for you. And if we're faithful with the little that he's given us, the also cool promises, he would entrust us with more. Some of us want the more and we're focused in on the more, but we're missing the seed that we're sitting on. We've buried it in the ground. God said, I want to give you more. He desperately wants to give us more, but he's never, he's not a bad investor. He's a smart investor. And if you don't know how to handle the one, he's not gonna give you two or five. But when you are faithful with the one, he's like, check this out, two. Okay, this is a little tougher, Lord. And you start working that. He's like, well done, good and faithful servant. Here's five, right? You start working that. Here's 10, right? That's how God's kingdom works. He's looking for faithful stewards, faithful people. And so, hey, as we close today, I think the most important question that we can ask ourselves this morning is simply this. What seeds do I have? What seeds have I been given? I think we need to write that one down or put that in a note or meditate on that one as we leave from today. What, what gifts have you been given? Because when we locate those, we know where our seed's at. We know what kind of seed we've gotten so we can go to work and produce fruit. For some of you, it's the seed of God's word like we talked about in week two. But God, God's word is a seed, amen? What word has God given you in this season that is yours to work? You know what I'm talking about? Like there's like a word that's burning in your heart. You had evil time and it jumped off the page. You open up your Bible app the next day, it's the verse of the day. You call your aunt that lives in California and she shares this verse on the phone with you. You can't escape it. Maybe you don't even like what the verse says, but it's like seed. He's like, do something with it. I don't like that word. He's like, I don't care. I'm not giving you another seed until you're faithful with that one. What is that word? Work the word, amen? Because what I found in my life is when you work the word, the word works. Amen? So what does working the word look like? Praying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, confessing it, and being a doer of it. Hello. And just being a doer of it and living out that word. Maybe it's a financial seed. What has God blessed you with financially? This, this parable challenges me because a lot of us, we like to get all safety nets and emergency funds and all that. Good. We're, we're all about being good stewards, but we, we, we get a bunch of finance and we sit on it. We bury it. So I'm just hanging out just in case. And God's like, I've given you some of that seed to sow, right? Like God says he gives seed to the sower. And, and what I've learned is unless I sow it in the ground, I can't expect a fruit or a harvest in that area of my life. So maybe, maybe God's challenging you in this season to be a more open-handed with the resources financially that he's given you. That God, oh my gosh, everything that I have actually comes from you. Which of this is for me and my family to put bread on my table and to save? And which of this is seed to sow? And we know that whatever a man sows, he will also reap. So like you get it back anyway. So he's just like, trust me in this. Put, my, put your faith and trust in this. Maybe it's a financial seed. Let's work that seed. Maybe it's a serving seed. Maybe God's blessed you with some gifts and talents and you're like, I, I just wanna grow those more. There's no better place to discover your gifts and fine tune your gifts than I believe inside the house of the Lord, amen? It's where, where the divine connects with the natural, the supernatural and the natural, right? Maybe you're good in techie and you like pushing buttons and you like troubleshooting, you know how things are. Man, we got some op opportunities in the tech booth immediately for you. Maybe you just have a heart for the next generation. You love pouring into kids or youth or young adults. And man, you just need to get involved and, and just say, how can I help? How can I show up to events? How can I, how can I be a blessing here? Start using those gifts 
Some of you, you're the most hospitable people we know. So use your hospitality gifts. Make it a warm environment for people to come in. Some of you guys are so smiley and so encouraging, like you need to be on the front doors. Like you, we just, like you, you never had a bad day in your life. Even if you're here, like you are just so full of faith and so full of joy. Using those serving gifts, working the seed that God has given you, he'll give you more. For some of you guys, you might have a time seed. What does that mean? You've got free time. You've got a pocket of free time during your week. You've got some free time and some opportunity. You're in a different season right now where you have some more margin. Ask God, Lord, what would you have me do with that free time? Because that time, that opportunity could be a seed that God wants you to work. And there's a harvest and a fruit, maybe for you or maybe for somebody else. Amen? A big one that I think God helps us with and challenges us with is relationships. There could be a relationship in your life where God's seeing what are you gonna do with this seed? For some of us, maybe our marriage is under attack. Maybe, maybe it's not how it's going how we like it to. And we have a seed of opportunity to continue to work that seed, continue to believe God's best, continue to do the hard work and the heart work. For some of us, maybe it's a parent-kid relationship. And we're not seeing the fruit we want and definitely not walking in the harvest, right? Yet but we can continue to sow seeds into those seedlings. We can continue to speak God's word and train them up in the way they should go. We can keep doing our part and trust God to do his part, amen? We can keep working that land. Maybe it's a coworker or family member or a friend, man, that God has just placed on your heart. That is a seed. You carry that seed and burden. Somebody else doesn't. And so what we do with that determines maybe the eternal destination or how fruitful they are in their own lives. And so are we praying? Are we interceding? Are we being bold and sharing our faith? There are so many seeds. Maybe you got spiritual gifts. Some of you got the gift of mercy. Guess what? Give mercy to somebody this week, amen? Some of you got the gift of exhortation. So what does that mean? Encourage somebody this week, amen? Some of you guys got the gift of teaching. So teach somebody and help them connect the dots and show them how to get from here to there with God, amen? When we work that seed, harvest can come in our lives, amen? And so I'll just end with this. Be encouraged. What God has planted in your hearts and in your lives, he will see through to harvest. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident, we can be confident of this, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I love that word. What does that mean? If we partner with God, work the seed he has given us, He'll do his part and work out the harvest, amen? We just trust and relieve the result up to God. We do the faithfulness, and we trust and relieve the result up to God, amen? Because our core verse, this entire series, I'll end with this. We began with it. We're gonna end with it today. Paul says in Galatians 6, do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will the spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't lose heart. Amen? Don't give up on the seed that God has planted in your life. Work that seed and watch and expect the harvest to come. Let's close in prayer today. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the gifts, the call, the seeds that you've placed and implanted in each and every one of us. Father, we're so blessed to know and be reminded of this morning that, man, we have seeds. 
And Lord, you're looking to us to work those seeds. And the, the direct correlation between what we do with the seed determines the level of harvest or fruit that we walk in. And so Father, I pray that just your Holy Spirit has been working and moving today. I thank you that you've been challenging us. Some of us are being encouraged. Some of us are giving that nice little swift kick in the butt that we need to get going in that gift, to revive that gift, to, to start working the ground of that gift again, to work that seed, to create the soil that's necessary to let that seed grow. Father, we, we ask you for forgiveness if we've sat on the seed. Father, you are merciful and you are faithful and you are just. When we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so Father, I just ask if that's you, just get in on this right now. God loves you and he's not mad at you. He loves you so much. He wants you to use that gift. So Father, forgive us for maybe sitting on some opportunities, some seed opportunities. Let us get out our shovels again and start working that seed, Father. And for those of us that have been, hey, we're using our gifts. And it seems like it's been a long time. I've been working and I'm weary. Father, we're weary. We want to give up. We don't even know if you're coming back. I don't even know it's all real. Father, I pray for a shot of faith this morning. A shot of endurance that we would run our race with endurance. That we would not throw in the towel. That we would not quit. That our best days are still ahead of us. Because if we're sowing seed, the Bible says we will reap. And so, Father God, we expect harvest. We proclaim harvest in our lives. Lord, help us continue to be faithful to what you placed in our laps, Lord God. Help us work that seed and watch your harvest work in our lives, Lord. We receive all of this and more. We pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. Amen. If you guys could just keep your heads bowed, eye closed just for one more minute. Never like to end a service without an opportunity for maybe some of you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to have a personal relationship with God Almighty through his son, Jesus. Going to church is great. Knowing about the Bible is awesome. But unless we have a personal relationship with Jesus, he said he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. God sent his greatest seed to the earth. His name was Jesus. He planted him in the earth. He worked it. He took the keys to hell and death and Hades. And on the third day, he rose again. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, resurrected, producing a fruit and a harvest for all of us to freely receive this gift of salvation. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to work anything to get to heaven except faith in Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, both here in person and if you're watching or tuning in online, you've never received Jesus. I want to just include you in a simple yet powerful prayer that could change your life. So. It, it, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you and you say, hey, I want to pray that prayer. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. This is between you and your maker. He's watching. He sees the condition of your heart. He sees the soil. Would you just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying with today? If that's you and you want that, I see that hand. Thank you for your faithfulness. Anybody else say, hey, I, I need to get in on this prayer. Praise God. And online as well. Let's all pray this prayer after me and repeat it from your heart to know that God hears you. He's going to come in and do some work. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life that pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So be it. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. 
To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.